0: Good morning. morning. This morning we'll be in Genesis chapter 11, verses 1 through 10. Genesis chapter 11, verses 1 through 10. We'll be looking at the Tower of Babel this morning and the judgment that God meets out at that time. We've already seen some great judgments of God early on in the first 11 chapters. We've seen three major judgments that God has done that affected everyone. The first judgment was when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden and fell. And God judged them and they were cursed. man had to work by the sweat of his brow because he would not worship and obey in the garden. Mother's Day, (laughs) we remember that the curse that the woman had was that her labor and pain would be multiplied in childbirth. Her desire would be for her husband and he would rule over her. And the other judgment that we saw uh, following that was the great flood that the wickedness of mankind increased upon the earth so so greatly that God judged the earth in a great deluge that wiped out everyone in the land. And today we'll see another uh, judgment, the Tower of Babel. Right on the hills of the judgment of the flood, God does another great judgment. And we've seen some other judgments that God did. We saw God judge Cain when he murdered his brother Abel. We saw him go and try to convince Cain that sin was crouching at the door, ready to devour him. But Cain did not listen. One of the themes that you need to pick up on or that helps us with the Old Testament, every time one of these folks' sins and a judgment happens, they're always moving eastward. When Adam and Eve are cast out of the Garden of Eden, they are cast out and they go to the east. When Cain is judged and a mark is put upon him, he moves out east to the land of Nod. Today we'll see, uh, once again, the people move to the east, away from the land of promise, away from God's uh, will for them. And they begin to do things that once again God has to come and judge. So let's look at Genesis chapter 11, verses 1 through 10. Now the whole earth had one language and the same words. And as people migrated from the east, they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they settled there. And they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and bitumen for mortar. And then they said, And nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and therefore confuse their language so that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord dispersed them from there over the face of all the earth and they left off building the city. Therefore its name was called Babel because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth and from there the Lord dispersed them over all the face of the earth. So what's going on in the Tower of Babel? Like I said earlier, the first sign that something is not going on here that is good is the author tells us, as the people migrated from the east, they found a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. The people were going eastward. The people wanted to make a name for themselves, it says here. And that is the problem. See, maybe they were thinking after the flood, well, the flood was real bad, so let's build a great big tower that reaches up into heaven. And somewhere along the way, they thought that this would somehow make them uh, a name for themselves; that they would become famous, and that they would not be dispersed. And we saw that the thing, the command that God had given to Noah and his sons, were to be fruitful, and to multiply, and to fill the earth. But instead of doing that, they all moved to one spot, built themselves, or were building for themselves a tower that reaches up into the heavens. Or remember, as we said in Genesis one, that heavens can be translated sky. So they were just trying to build for themselves a really tall tower so that they might make a name for themselves. They wanted to make a name for themselves and not for the Lord. Their chief concern was their own fame and not the fame of God. The first question of the Westminster Catechism is this. What is the chief end of man? And the answer is man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. So our goal in life is to glorify God, not to make a name for ourselves. This is where the people at Babel went wrong, and this is where we go wrong still to this day. This is not different from what we do today. As both individuals and as collective groups, we want to make a name for ourselves. We do this... Uh, On our personally and professionally, as good as we can, curated Facebook pages, we try to present ourselves in a way to make a name for ourselves. Companies obsess. They pay millions, maybe billions, I'm not sure. Individual companies may not pay billions, but in total, marketing, in order to make a name for themselves, a brand, they pay billions of dollars for this stuff, obsess over their image. We do this for our favorite sports teams. Our sports teams try to make a name for themselves to be the best. And we, we tell everybody that our team is the best. We want to make a name for ourselves. And it is fine, by the way, to strive for excellence. It's good. In fact, Proverbs tells us a good name is to be chosen rather than great riches. That's Proverbs one. So just trying to do things well is not wrong. You want to have a reputation for excellence. You want to have a reputation for doing well. So how do you know when you've crossed the line from making a name for yourself in a good way making a name for yourself in a bad way as they did at the tower of babel the problem comes in when striving to make a name for yourself comes at the expense of obeying god's word you know when a sports team has forgotten that is when you get caught cheating and they get caught lying when it's anything goes in order to win you are making a name for yourself and you are not just striving for excellence when at all costs, is wrong. When you are making a name for yourself and not interested in the glory of God, you will cheat, you will lie. In order to make a name for yourself, if you're out of God's will, you will tear others down in order to build yourself up. You will transgress the law of God. This is when we've left a godly sort of striving for excellence and gone to just try to make a name for ourselves, whatever the cost. The problem at Babel was, God said, be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth. And they said, no, we're just going to go over here build ourselves a tower and just sort of stick together and not do what you said. So what we should not do in building a name for ourselves is concentrate so much on ourselves and our things that we love is that we forget God and that our chief end in whatever we do is to glorify God. And it is an act of futility. The people here say, hey, let's build us a big Tower, we're going to build it up into heaven. And I love what the author does here so subtly in verse 5. And it says, And the Lord came down. (laughs) They were trying to build a tower into the sky. But the Lord still had to come down to see it. We think we have accomplished so many great things. So many awesome things. I'm going to tell you, the Lord still has to come down to see it. (laughs) We are not as awesome as we think we are. In fact the Bible says here twice. That they, that they came down. In order to do this judgment. And God comes down. And he takes his time in judgment. As he always does. The Lord surveys the area. He sees that the people are united. In their efforts to obey not himself. But to make their own name. They are not united to obey his word and his will. He sees that. And he decides. For their own good. Once again this judgment is for their good. He decides for their own good, he's going to break up the building party. He's going to break up the party. And he confuses the languages of the people so that they are scattered over the face of the earth as he had intended. And in his judgment, God says some great things about people. He he commends their creativity. He says, that hey, they're united. They're unified in this goal to defy me and what I've told them. But what they've started to do, they can do it. And any, In fact, their imagination and their ability to work together is so great that whatever they put their mind to do, they're going to be able to accomplish that thing. The problem was that what they were trying to accomplish was getting away from him. It was like, I'm going to have to scatter them. I'm going to have to keep them from fulfilling their plans. And so he confounded their language. And to this very day, our language is still confounded. Um, it is... Weird. You may watch TV. Some of you may watch TV. And you may watch people speak from England and Great Britain. And you remember that a a good majority of people migrated from there. And we don't sound anything like them. And if you think about it, it, here in the South, no one speaks as beautifully as we do in the rest of the country. It's not their fault. The Lord has confused them. If you'll look at the Bible there, it says that. (laughs) <laughs> we don't speak the same. We don't have the same accent they do in the Midwest. We don't have the same accent they have in California, even the Northeast or New Jersey. We all speak differently. We live in the same country. We don't even talk the same. In fact, if you go to if you go to Lower Alabama, they don't speak with the same southern accent we have in Northeast Alabama. And so if you if you and your family and about a hundred people were to move off to an island somewhere and get cut off from television, about 125 years, if you came back, you might not even be able to speak to the people here because their language would evolve and yours would do. It still happens. And it can be frustrating when you're trying to work together, build coalitions. Things have happened like when NASA tried to, uh, I can't remember when this was, but they tried to work with another group that spoke a different language, and they were, I don't know if you know this, but when you shoot off rocket ships to orbit things, you you got to be communicating really well. And they made one snafu. One people were speaking in the language of uh, centimeters and meters, and the other were speaking in yards and inches, and they blew up that thing that they were trying to make. That stuff happens. And so the thing that they tried to get together to do fell apart. They were creative. They were united. They had ambition, but they had no regard for God. And so their ambitions were squashed. And we do the exact same thing. We try to build up for ourselves kingdoms and names for ourselves, try to make our name great instead of obeying and listening to the Lord. And we do this We do this poorly. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just give you an example of what we do. We ask our kids what do they want to be when they grow up, and we push a vocation on them, which is good. Everybody ought to have to work for a living and do things. But you teach your children when they say, I want to be an architect, I want to be a whatever they want to be. I want to be a mechanic. I want to fix cars. I want to do this. I want to do that. Do you ever say, that's a good vocation. How will you use that to glorify the Lord? Whatever we eat, whatever we drink, whatever we do, we should do to the glory of God. Whatever you choose for your vocation should be to the glory of God and not just to be financially stable and to make a name for yourself. Everything is for the glory of God. If we detach a single purpose in our life from the glorification of our God, who loves us and bought us, we will fail. We will fail. One of my favorite poems. You can go read this someday if you if you want to. It's not a bad one. It's short. You can read it. Don't be scared. It's by Percy Shelley. It's called Ozymandias. Maybe many of you have read it. In it, Shelley describes a collapsed, massive statue in the middle of the desert, in the middle of nowhere. And this is this is the 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 big part of it on the pedestal these words appear my name is ozymandias king of kings look on my works ye mighty and despair nothing besides remains round the decay of that colossal wreck boundless and bare the lone and level sand stretch far away now what does that mean At one time, there was a king named Ozymandias who had a great empire, and he built big, colossal things, and he was very proud of himself, much like the pharaohs of Egypt. And he built a big statue to show all the kings that he was the king of kings, and there was no one like him, so that anyone would see his works and would marvel at them and say, wow, Ozymandias is great, but over the years his kingdom fell and his statue fell, and there was only two legs left poking up out of the sand and a pedestal. And the pedestal became, instead of a boast, it became an irony. Look on my works in despair. Nothing he did to make a great name for himself remained. Only sand and desert ruin. And that's what will become of you, beloved, if you do not attach your work to the glorification of God. Your works will become dust and ash, ...and be remembered no more. It is tragic. Tragedy. Do not build for yourself... ...a name apart from the Holy One of Israel. You will waste your life. Even the smallest things we do for the glory of God... ...will be forever brought to remembrance... ...because of His faithfulness. But anything we do for ourselves outside of His will... ...will be forgotten and worthless... The Bible teaches us in Corinthians that in the day of Jesus' judgment, all our works, wood, hay, straw, stubble, gold, silver, all of these things will be tried by his refining fire. And only that which we've done for Christ will remain. We do not build a name for ourselves. We seek the glorification of Christ in all things. So maybe we should ask ourselves, they say here, come let us build ourselves a city and tower in verse 4 with its top in the heavens and let us make a name for ourselves. There's a word play here you can't see in English. And this is why I make the big bucks, is to tell you about this word play in Hebrew that you can't see. The word here in verse 4 where he says, let us make a name for ourselves. The word in Hebrew for name is Shem. Let us make a Shem for ourselves. They want to build up their name, Shem, so that they might be great. And then if you look at verse 10, the author is so clever. He said, these are the generations of Shem. Name. Moses' son Shem means name. And so what the author is telling us here ever so subtly, so that I can point this out to you this morning, is these people worked really hard to make a Shem for themselves. They worked really hard to make a name for themselves, and God utterly stopped it by confusing them so that they could not continue. And then he begins the next verse and says, these are the generations of name. What's the difference between Shem and his generations and the people at Babel? God built Shem's name. The people try to make a name for themselves. If we want to have a name for ourselves and not fail, the Lord must build our house. The Lord must make our name. The people at Babel failed, and the only name Babel came to mean, Babel, by the way, is synonymous. It's the same word for Babylon. The name that they made them for themselves forever, even on into Revelation, even to this very day, Babylon is the place where people live who defy the will of God. Babylon the Great. Babylon the Great, their only greatness is to defy God and ultimately be destroyed in judgment. That was the name they made for themselves. But Shem has a name, and he didn't make it for himself. God made his name for him. Shem's descendant, as we will see, is Abraham. Abraham's descendant is Isaac, and his descendant is Jacob. From whom comes all the children of Israel? From whom comes the great King David, who comes the great son of King David, Jesus. If you want to have a name for yourself... If you want to be great, I'm going to tell you the secret. Serve the Lord. Serve others. Whoever would be great in the kingdom of heaven, which, by the way, is an eternal kingdom that never ends, ruled by a king whose reign never ceases. He said, if you want to be great in my my kingdom, you must humble yourself. Become like a child. Be a servant of all. And everything you do, do for the glory of God. And if you do this, you will have a name for yourself. That's why I read today from Timothy where he says, Pray for all those in power. Pray for the kings. Pray for the mighty. Pray for everyone. Why? So that you might live a quiet and godly life. It's well-pleasing in the sight of the Lord. It is the Lord's will for all to come to repentance that all might be saved. This is our job We are kingdom builders, not personal kingdom builders. We are building the kingdom of God. This is everything we do. All our will, all our might, all our strength, all our mind is bent upon the kingdom of God increasing that everyone might have the happily ever after story. And when we die, we might fly to glory to be with Christ and our brothers and sisters forever and ever around the throne of God. To have a name of renown, we must be in Christ. Solomon wrote some psalms. One of his psalms says this, Psalm 127.1. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Jesus said it like this. There was a man who built a house on sand, and when the rains came and the wind came, his house fell. But another man built his house upon the rock. When the winds came and the rains came, the house held. The foundation is crossed. The foundation of all of our works, all of our labor, all of our hope, all of our joy is in Him. So think about what you're doing with your life. How does what you do or what you're trying to do, your goals, your life goals, these are all good things. You should make goals and you should strive for them with all of your might. You should do it. How are you using this for the sake of the kingdom? I'm not saying that you have to over-spiritualize this. If you are a plumber, you can glorify God in that by being the best plumber in this city. Honest and fair and good. They know that you are a Christian. And they know that when you say you will do something, you will do it and they don't have to worry about you price gouging. That would be awesome. We could use some folks like that. Whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. And He will build a name for you. People forget it here probably 5,500 years. Do you know your great-grandparents' names? Do you know their parents' names? We forget our own family. But God never forgets. And one day there's going to be a resurrection of the dead when all of our works will go before us and he will bring his reward with him. If not, then we will all be forgotten. Our works will be forgotten because they will be wood, hay, and straw, and they will be consumed in the day of his visitation. So the purpose for us today in this Tower of Babel is not only to realize the Lord scattered us all over the face of the earth, that we might be fruitful and multiply, but I want to give you some hope in this. From the moment that God scattered the people all over the face of the earth, he intended to bring them together again. He did not scatter them so that we wouldn't know each other. He scattered us so that we wouldn't be... Uh, neck deep in idolatry that we agree upon. But in the book of Revelation, the Bible promises that those from every tongue and every single tribe and every single nation will gather once again at his throne and we will all celebrate the Lord together. So though God scattered them in chapter 11 of Genesis, his intention was to bring us together again through Christ. United not in making a name for ourselves, but in praising the name that is above every name, Jesus Christ the Lord. So this morning, think about what you're doing. Meditate on it. How can I do this to the glory of God? Be the best you can be. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Let everyone know that they can count on you to do what you say. Know that, let people at your work know you're the guy who goes the extra mile to help out others, to serve others. That you listen with humility, whether you are the boss or an employee. And then you will be great in the kingdom of God. And your works never forgotten. You will not be scattered to the wind and your works lost in the whirlwind. Will be, But they will be forever remembered by God and celebrated by his people. Forever. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, this morning as we're thinking about things we do for you, think about mothers who every day take care of their kids, some working hard, single moms working maybe more than one job to see that their children have education and food, and some who stay home every day and do laundry and take care of the kids at home. I pray that you will bless them to live a good and quiet and godly life and that everything that they do for their children will be for the glory of God. Lord, I pray for us all here, all of us who work for our living, whatever we do, I pray that we will do these things for your glory and that we will do these things to build up your kingdom. I pray that whatever organizations we are members of, that we want to work in excellence, that if we detect at any time that they are willing to win at all costs, that we will be the ones who stand up and say, this is wrong. We want to be excellent, but we do not want to win at any cost. Help us to obey your word and obey your law and to love you with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.